This podcast is brought to you by Third World. That's all. We're just three immigrants talking trash. Talking trash. You know, it's so funny that you talk about diarrhea and anxiety because I feel like anxiety manifests as diarrhea for me as well because sometimes I have something important to do or I have to meet with somebody that is famous and pop, boom, I need to shit. And it's right 20 seconds before I met this person. So I need to look for a bathroom and I need to be like, thank God Manal is next to me and I need to be like, Manal, please cover me. Please cover me. <laughs> so at least you don't hold it in though. You're not like, okay, I'm going to deal I with this diary. <laughs> I cannot. No, no, no. I get it. I used to be like that too. In fact, in your bathroom, I have done so much diarrhea from <laughs> anxiety. At some point, it even got clogged. And I think you, and I was like, Bobby, no, no. You were like, no, I got this. And I was like, no, Bobby, no. <laughs> that was pilot season, right? This. That was pilot season. <laughs> Yeah, it was pilot, was pilot season, season. <laughs> bro, and it's coming. Pilot season is coming. It's like just thinking about it gives me heart palpitations. This is why half of Los Angeles is on beta blockers. Or weed. Yeah, see, if some of us didn't get blackouts from weed, then weed would be our go-to. But <laughs> And some people get more anxiety from weed. I know, like me, yeah. Depends on the weed strain, though. You got to find the right one for you. But I feel like the whole city is high, either on beta blockers or weed, because it's moving so fast and so slow at the same time. That we don't know where oh we're going. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, actually, that's so true. So apparently women, especially when they feel strong emotions, it goes to their gut. Mm. That's why, like, you see a lot of women actresses when they're playing a scene and it's dramatic, when they're feeling something painful immediately, like their hand kind of goes to their tummy. And I remember when I first started getting anxiety, I was 19. The kind of anxiety was not diarrhea. It was immediate throwing up, like mm. immediate. That's so th there's no yeah. option. Like, I need the bathroom next to me, you know? When the anxiety hits and I start puking, that's it. I know that I cannot commit to my next meeting or whatever because mm -hmm. I'm going to be vomiting for like an hour. It takes control over your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys knew anxiety and panic attacks in your country or is that something that you discover after immigration? No, it was after immigration. <laughs> yeah. It was after moving to Los Angeles. I think when I was home, I never really knew that my body could react in the ways that it does now. I don't know if it's just anxiety. I think sometimes it could also be like excitement or your body trying trying to process 10,000 emotions. Me coming back to LA. When you arrive at the airport, you immediately got that shot of anxiety, right? You're like, I'm here. It wasn't just anxiety. It was excitement. It was also like, oh my gosh, I have another interview at the border control. What if they send me back to my country? So it was fear, anxiety, excitement. I agree 100%. I was introduced to anxiety after leaving home. I think a big part of it is leaving your family, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And for me, it's like that happens when they take the mate from you, you know, when you move to another country and you have no more maids and then you have to take care of yourself so that was also a big part of my anxiety <laughs> losing my mate i had two mates back in my country and here i am the mate no i get it All i get right. it yeah because you have to do everything by yourself in another country you're not just like the star of the show when you come back you're literally mopping the floors and doing your own dishes and dealing with taxes and health insurance and you still have to mop the floor but the seven is aesthetics is not helping the apartment <laughs> absolutely so there's depression and anxiety i think that I knew anxiety in my country before becoming an immigrant. But then after becoming an immigrant and meeting other people that have anxiety, I started like to find the words for the feelings that I had. When I get anxiety, my speech blocks immediately. And I'm like, I know what I want to say, though. I have the perfect sentence in my brain, but my mouth is not open. My stomach is all like... Urgh. 
how do you say this it's tense yeah. and you cannot say it and you start like mumbling and like people oh my god she's just an immigrant who doesn't know the language yet and I'm like no bitch I'm having an anxiety attack I promise <laughs> I know how to talk please listen to my podcast Spotify <laughs> listen I completely relate to you just before leaving South Africa I was paralytic like I couldn't even get off the dining table so my dad was like this is this is bad like we have to take her to the hospital because I could not actually pack and go to LA that anxiety was just taking over my body to the point where my for the first time in my life my mother went and grabbed the box of beta blockers that I had and she never tells me to like ever rely on any form of medication oh, and she told you take one and she was like take it sometimes you really cannot control it and you have to resort to medicine because it takes over your body you know and then what do you do like you don't continue with your day you don't know when the attack is gonna pass you are living through it and you're like okay i know this might have an ending but when is it coming i don't know and yeah. then the sequels of that attack or of that feeling you still have sequels you know they have to process many times my friends or family would look at me and say oh you're anxious about something but i know in my heart it's not just anxiety it's going through so many different things and like sometimes people will just label it and say oh you're an anxious person or you're a depressed mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. but what mm -hmm. you're actually going mm -hmm. through it's like you're happy though like, it could be exciting it could be something like you could be in love a lot of times in love is the same thing excitement is the same thing as nervousness when I fell in love I got the most I anxiety know. in my life I lost half of my weight so when reading up on anxiety and depression and stuff I learned that instead of saying I am anxious or I am depressed it's I feel anxious and I feel depressed because you don't always feel anxious and depressed you're right I don't think that one should also define another person's personality based on like what they are going through in that moment it should not be that oh this person is depressed because right now they're feeling depressed and the reason why I feel so passionate about that is because I've seen many times like especially my active friends will just call me anxious girl mm -hmm. that's or, not or nice straight up crazy oh, you're so crazy and then also they're very quick to just like do a whole like character breakdown like anxious girl who came from her own country is by herself trying to do all these different things you know I think maybe I do have a grip on everything but many times people around me will build this narrative that makes me think maybe I am this person who cannot juggle everything who is very nervous who goes into auditions and fucks everything up you know because everyone around me is constantly saying that And actually, it's not true. When I was home, I was booking. Now that I'm back, I'm making a very conscious effort to separate myself from those active friends who will often like drill this narrative in my head of who I am instead of listening to who I am. And that's happened to me where I've gone into like several audition rooms and I was new to everything. I would often go into audition rooms and forget my lines or not be able to actually like physically speak because the anxiety was taking control of my body. Anxiety and all these other different emotions that I was feeling. But I think that to be defined as that actor based off of those experiences, that's not fair. People are always going to tell you who you are until you tell them yeah, who you until are. Until I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You think I'm that, but I also am other things. I'm the same person who was able to come back to LA after a visa being denied, whatever. I've been through a tough journey. Like, I know I can do this. It's just an audition. I always wish that I understood this when I was a kid. Yeah. Because even without any negative intentions, your parents, you know, these are the people who are around all the time while you're growing up and you're forming your personality. They're like throwing a lot of comments at you, throwing a lot of opinions at you. And like you take that in and I used to take that in and think like, oh, okay, so if my dad thinks I'm like that, then I am like that. Later, becoming an adult, I realized, no, I decide who I am. Even if a person has known you for 20 plus years, you decide who you are. I agree. 
And I think that theory stays with you as a creative. People are always criticizing your work, the way that how you say that line or how you edit that video or how you wrote that piece. Because, you know, creative is subjective. Humor is subjective. So everybody's going to react to your piece differently. And you need to listen to all these critics and all these complaints and still not let it define you. Because, like you said, people always try to tell you who you are, but you need to remind them, no, actually, that's not me. I don't know who is that person that you're imagining, <laughs> but this is me. And sometimes, honestly, it's a lot of work and a pain in the butt to be reminding people all the time who you are. Yeah. Why do I have to explain myself to you? And why are you telling me how I am in the first place? Why are you telling me why? who I am? And there's an argument. For example, I'd be like, no, mom, actually, this is how I feel. She'd be like... No, no, Habibi, you feel like this. I, no. That's exactly what I'm and saying. Especially when you're from a culture where the whole family is in your business. The whole family feels like they are allowed to chime in on the conversation. For your better man. For your better man. You good. So you got to take in all these different opinions and none of them are in line with your personality, actually. But you don't know that as a kid. So then you're drowning in this anxiety because you don't know who you are and you don't like what people tell you you are. Why does it take so long to figure it out and just find peace I'll tell you why it takes very long because these people say it with such conviction <laughs> you, you almost believe that you like bitch am I that person and you if you have that kind of like floaty ass personality which I do because you're a sponge <laughs> you're a creative you yeah. adapt you change instead of saying a floaty ass personality that you're like a sponge you absorb Absolutely. energies and opinions Girl, totally. that's why I really feel for people who are famous okay a lot of amazing things come with fame but there's a reason why a lot of famous people end up attempting suicide i can't even imagine how they do it we have trouble getting opinions at work imagine having it every day in your face and every day it's personal 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 oh my gosh with trolls especially like now you don't just have people that you know that are saying things with conviction you also have strangers who are in your business constantly looking commenting, at your pictures looking at, at your, your videos pictures, zooming in zooming in objectifying every picture you post oh my gosh actually this brings me to a good point Every single time I have a pimple on my face, <laughs> my mom will comment on it or something or like yoga teacher even, okay? She'll point it out. Oh, what happened? Your yoga teacher? Yeah, you're not eating well. You're not breathing well. Something, something she'll say, okay? <laughs> Now, imagine I post a picture of myself without any makeup on and I just, I'm just like YOLO and post it. <laughs> I kid you not, my DMs will be flooded that you're looking tired. You're looking drained. You're not eating well. And I'm not even oh famous yet. And already I feel like so much pressure to constantly have makeup on and constantly have this face on like before I step out of the house because people will just say whatever and of course at some point it'll affect you you'll start thinking oh my gosh this one pimple is going to ruin my whole life I'm not beautiful or I'm not good enough then yeah that's it that's one downward spiral it's impossible to look shiny and bright every day without makeup remove these expectations you know <laughs> but because you have it on every day when you have it off it's such a stark difference now because the default for people is when you have makeup on and that became exhausting for me when we had to go to the office every day yeah i need to put makeup guys like i like i'm i'm pale I'm a pale person <laughs> and without makeup, I look tired. I mean, now that we're working from home, you still need to zoom. And the camera is looking right at you, so bitch, you better do your makeup. And it's the same routine all over again. And what I like to do is that I do my makeup, but I put the camera off. <laughs> yeah, I know so, this. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I put the camera on. I do have makeup, put it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
Okay, in your case, it's still tiring because you have to meet people every day. I don't. I have like, say, about two to three auditions a day, which is my like day job, technically. And I have to put makeup on every single day and do my hair every single day. And it's tiring. It's almost as if I'm putting a mask on so I can show to the world that I'm presentable. But it's like nobody's going to accept this face, just like bare skin. You know? I love that. I love that being presentable because as an immigrant, you always have to be presentable. Oh my and God, that's We the always other thing. need to be wearing that makeup, you know, of like, don't say the wrong things. Don't joke about the wrong things. Yeah. Like, don't. <laughs> Don't be yourself too much because you're also an immigrant. You're representing, but you're not. Because sometimes people already have this stereotype and this bias. Yeah. You know, you haven't even opened your mouth yeah, and yeah, they yeah. know who you are. Yeah. Just now when I was coming in the Uber, the driver was like, I literally just said, hello, sir. How's your evening going or whatever? And I thought I was speaking in an American accent. He's like, you're from Britain. And I'm just thinking as an immigrant, like it's like every day you're hearing new things about who you are, you know, not just from like people you work with, but also like it could be an Uber driver. It could be anyone else. It's like people telling you constantly, oh, no, you could be from here. You could be from there. Are you just all day like, practicing the British Britain? accent? Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know I would had like a British twang. OK, well, yeah. thank you. I've seen you post many times without makeup. I mean, for me, you always look amazing, but I can't believe people were texting you. Like, yeah, yeah. especially when I had just moved back to South Africa. Are most of them Indian? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Indian, all kinds of people. I mean, like, no offense to my Indian community, but, you know, like, you guys are the harshest, just want to say. Aren't we always harsh towards our own community, towards oh, our own God. culture? That's the thing, dude, that we ask for diversity, and when diversity is presented, we're like, bitch, this is not it. <laughs> And it's okay. It's okay to not get it right because that's the beginning of the road. Like exactly. they're opening a road for you to create something better. Exactly. But, and instead of bringing it fucking down, try to make something better or be more constructive with your fucking criticism. Or you can just celebrate that a film is finally out showcasing your own culture. Like in my case, Middle Easterners in Hollywood are always either terrorists or refugees. So when Rami came out, the show, in my own community, everyone's critical about it for one reason or the other. But I was celebrating it mostly when it came out. It was like, a, oh my God, people like me Arabs like me and I'm not even a Muslim but they're genuine Arabs like they're fully Arab cast I think it also has to do with the fact that the opportunities are so limited for diversity that when something comes you have to get it right you have to get it right but also like there's a part of me that feels like oh I could have done it better and I think there are many people like that who feel that oh I could have done it better because but why I don't you do it that's what I'm saying. Like, do it. Don't create your own opportunities. Create yeah. your own opportunity because that's the point that you see that somebody's trying to tell you who you are and you have to be, no, bitch, I'm not that person. I am this. This person. And then you bring the reality of who you are. That's the whole point. As long as it's being done. So the first one came out, it opened the door. And now there's going to be more films that represent these different communities. So we won't all be focusing on this one with such high expectations. You know what I'm saying? The point is that now you can feature Asian Americans. You always could. But now it's like, why don't you? Before you could, but now you can more because people are more aware, more demanding. I mean, if Crazy Rich Asians hadn't been received with the kind of recognition that it got, like how much people loved it, I don't think that, you know, we would be at the stage right now where so many Asian people are being cast for things. If never have I ever a show like that hadn't reached Netflix, I don't think that so many South Asians would be getting that kind of opportunity. So I think hopefully now I think there is more of a space. It takes a lot of stereotypes for people to get it right. What are some of the stereotypes that we all get played as? 
gold lady, brown lady. The stereotype that I always play is an Indian wife. I am consistently getting married to someone, also on the way to having a baby. Even as an alien, I was a pregnant alien. Super conservative lady. Super conservative because I have that like round, you know, like innocent face seemingly to people who are casting. You know the real truth. Okay. And me as a Latina dude always cast as the mate the undocumented immigrant and I think I I develop a complex you know of seeing so many stereotypes of the maid that I almost have the complex of like no bitch I'm not here to help you don't treat me as assistance Jesus like, yeah, yeah 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 and some people maybe rob the wrong way you know like a walk in a high horse or something but I think this complex of being fed the stereotype of being the help I'm always like I can't help you but I'm not the help it's like somebody just on the streets Hey, do you know what the Walgreens is? <laughs> How is that a stereotype? You don't have a phone? Google it. I don't live here. Sometimes I'll be like, can I have a water? And you're like, I'm not your assistant. Don't talk to me like that. And I'm like, I just asked for water. It's not that I'm like that all the time with this complex, that I'm a walking complex, right? But... It's, you know, a personality trait that is there back in the brain. It gets activated when somebody on the street asks me for directions. I get it, girl. At the same time, I can be very hospitable. Come on, guys. Yeah, I make can. the brunches. Yeah. You know how I get. Like how gay people also get. I am gay. Hello. Yeah, but that's when you're in your, in your gayness. You are. Yeah, but not when you're complex. So... We said that the opportunities are so limited that you have to get it right and it almost compares to immigration. You know how creative spaces are very limited for immigrant people? Mm -hmm. When you get in, you have to act certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you need to act whitewash. Such an interesting point, because I think that for Gal Gadot, right, the reason why we love her so much is because her Israeli is very palatable to us because it's a little bit American, and that's why we like it so much. The same way someone like Kumail Nanjiani, he is actually all Pakistani, but the moment like he became a little bit more American, and like got the bod and everything now everyone's like mm. now the americans are like we love this camille camille guy you know but like before that nobody cared so i'm just saying that i think there's a there's definitely an element of like oh if you americanize your whatever it is wherever you're coming from and that's right. the thing you have to be americanized but at the same time you retain need to know your, your culture roots. you yeah. need to retain your roots because you know, as a creative, you need to embrace your identity so you can bring something new to the industry that is always offering the same things. Many times, like, a character description for me will come through and it'll be like, oh, we want an Indian-American girl, but we want this Indian person to have an American accent, but with an Indian twang. Yeah, twang. And that's your whole identity. So it's like, okay, she comes from India, but she will still be, you know, accepted by the American people. She's the girl next door, but her parents... Yeah. We're from India, but they are like third generation. Yeah. So basically, like, you're a brown person. We love you and you're welcome in our industry, but please speak in an American accent. And of course, every now and then, like, if you have a little bit of an Indian that, like, falls through the cracks, then we'll welcome it. But then we'll also send you to a dialect coach and be like, fix that shit, bitch. (laughs) Be you, but not too much. Be you, but not too much. Be you, but not too much. And that's the irony of this country that embraces individualism so much. You can be yourself anytime. You don't even need to be tied to the government. You can be yourself, have your own gun, live in your own house, don't talk to anybody, live in a cabin, be Dexter, and still... (laughs) 
if you're an immigrant, you don't have that privilege of being yourself. You know what? I actually really want to go through my life one day speaking how I actually speak, which is like how I would speak to my parents, you know, in like a very Indian accent. And I just want to see the reactions of people. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm always trying to be all American in front of American people so I can be not too foreign for them. But I think one day I just want to be myself and speak like how authentically I speak with my mom and dad mm -hmm. and just see what happens. Just see how that is received. Because I know for a fact that's not going to work unless a character is like literally from India. You know, I don't think like that's going to fly. But for example, Crazy Rich Asians was mainstream and it was set in Singapore. But people were wondering why the cast had such an American accent. That's what I'm saying. Because why would the whole world watch it if it was that authentic? But then in the same token, there's a film like Parasite that we all watched. And I don't think the language was a barrier for us because the content was so gripping. So mm -hmm. there is definitely room for that. But you're right. If you're going to do it, it better be good. Like Squid Game, you know. I have one more thing to add about diversity. And that is, I think that once an opportunity opens up for immigrants, sometimes what happens also is that other productions will only go to that immigrant to cast them. Do you know what I mean? Now, the doors are open. I mean, more or less, because I still see the same Arab actors, the same South Asian actors. I still see kind of repetitive faces in culture-specific yeah. roles. But it's getting better. It's getting better. Like, I'm celebrating all of this, man. I've been, like, glued to the television, to Hollywood content since I was a child. And I'm now 34. It took, like, Jesus, more than 20 years for me to see real, regular Arabs on TV and on mainstream media. You hear about us all the time in the news when we're but you don't see us like as regular people with regular families living in regular cities. Oh, it is very celebratory that at least people are seeing a different side to us, yeah. the normal side to us, you know? Yeah. There was not one movie in the 90s, early 2000s that casted correctly a Middle Eastern cast. Either they weren't even speaking Arabic in the first place, either they were Iranian and not Arab or Turkish and not Arab and like the accents were always wrong and the characters were always terrorists or refugees. Always. And those immigrant actors took those roles most likely because there was nothing else being yeah. cast. So yeah. obviously they're going to take whatever is given to them. But now that the doors are open, I really hope that productions cast their net wide, you know, and really try to include more faces. And when there is more opportunity and we see more of the brown people in the room, we don't need to look at each other like competition, you know, because sometimes the opportunities are so limited that let's say two people made it through the cracks, right? And then they look at each other like competition and not an ally. Instead, they're like you? craps on a pot. They're like, that bitch is against my only spot. Absolutely. But how can you when like you've waited 10 years for something to come where you have the chance to finally tell your story, you have this character, you don't have to change yourself too much. You can just be you and you will be accepted. And now it's between you and another person. Of course, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is competition. Like, I better get this. That even happened with women. You know, there are limited space even for women in the industry or everywhere. So whenever you see another woman, sometimes like you act like crops in a pot. You know, you're trying to survive instead of saying like, hey, bitch, how are we going to form an alliance here to look so fucking good? 
that they want to hire more women instead of working against each other and fitting into a stereotype. You feel like women are more cooperative with men in the workplace? Given my experience, sometimes I do see that women act more collaborative toward men than to women themselves. And then they're like, hey, we want to see more women. We want to see more women. And they're like, then bitch, treat them better. I just want to say on that note that you know? on the note of like women empowerment, there's a lot of bullshit out there about like, you know, women in power, like saying things about how they want to empower other women. But like they gossip, they talk about each other's, yeah. you know, behind their backs. It's, it's like, bullshit. I want to empower you, but with the one condition, you must act as I want you to act. Yes. Because the moment you get out of that line, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then women are like against each other. I mean, I don't know if this is your guys' experience, but I do feel that women compete against each other more than being an ally to each other. I don't know. I've been fortunate that I've worked with women who actually pushed for my empowerment. Bless, bless. Honestly, yeah. that's the goal. I was working at a company where a woman, one of my colleagues, found out how much I was making and she told me that I should be asking for more because people in the same position were earning double. That's, that's fantastic. That is, you know, an ally right there. Yeah. Like, that's how you advance. No joining a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> no posting a picture of a blackout. <laughs> this is not how you create change. And what it sucks is that many people will use women empowerment and like LGBTQIA rights as like a selling point instead of actually doing anything about it. Be a person of your word. Like, don't just say shit, you know, and then actually be the complete opposite because you're just trying to sell like a bunch of shit like on social media, you know? Like companies when it's Pride Month, they immediately want to support all the yeah. games. Yeah. And then Pride Month is done. Later, homo. <laughs> and he's like, bitch. You were trying to sell me a rainbow like a week ago. <laughs> okay, all right. You know, everybody can have a bad day except for an immigrant. <laughs> because then it's like, you're getting deported, bitch. I feel like we get judged a bit harder when yeah. we have a bad day. It's almost <laughs> like, a, like, you cannot have a bad day, bitch. Look where you are. Be grateful or go back to where you came from. <laughs> You have been hanging out People don't say that to your face, but they definitely insinuate that. The team that I work with will say that. We'll just be like, well, just be grateful that you're here. And I'm like, well, here and unemployed. And if I complain that, oh, I didn't book something and I made it so far, but I didn't book it. But then they'll just turn around and be like, didn't you just spend 10 months in South Africa? I mean, <laughs> like you're here. And I'm like, okay, great, but I still got to pay my rent. I still got to pay for this expensive car. Now that you're back, you cannot have a bad day. You know no, what I mean? I, I especially cannot. Because even people on social media will call me out and be like, uh-huh, but weren't you complaining about how you want to be in LA, the place you love so much? And now you're here. So now why do you keep asking for other things? It's like, yeah, of course, I got what I wanted, but like your needs will change as a person. Of course, I also still want to book jobs. Like I still want to be able to live peacefully and things will still irk me about America. Like being, you know, almost attacked by a homeless person. But if I complain about it, people will just be like, Bitch, be grateful that you got attacked here in Glendale. I don't think anyone is thinking that, guys. Just me because I'm a troll <laughs> and I have my period. When people try to tell you who you are, that imposter syndrome gets activated, you know, and you start doubting yourself and you are like, am I good enough for this job that pays so little? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I've definitely been on a set earlier days when I was acting like on a set finally made it you know now I have the job but I'm still sitting in my trailer wondering if I can do the job if at any point someone's just gonna say no you're a fake 
you're not a good actor. We have millions of dollars riding on this episode and now we included this like co-star who doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And I think those ideas definitely go through my head and then when you get into the moment, it's still with you, but you kind of have to like coexist with it and you still have to do your job. But how nice would it be to just know that you are the shit, that you've worked all these years to be where you are and that it's fine, you got this. How many auditions do you go through to get that job? I've done so many theatrical auditions in my life. Finally, like three years ago, I got my first break as a co-star on a show called Splitting Up Together. And a scene didn't even make it. And the role was of a pretty cowgirl. So after doing all the different auditions that I have done, I finally made it on a show for ABC. They passed my visa because, you know, even in spite of you having a visa, the network still has to approve it. They have to go through all of the paperwork. Everything went well. I'm sitting in my trailer and I'm like, I hope I can deliver my line. My only line I hope I can deliver, which was, hiya, handsome. That was my only line. <laughs> and literally for 16 hours while I was sitting in my trailer, I was just like, do I deserve this? Do I deserve to say this one line on a network show with Jenna Fisher on it? So I finally do the actual scene and everything. And I go home thinking, oh my gosh, you know what? Like I'm going to get my first credit. And then a couple of months later when that episode is supposed to air, my agents tell me, oh, you've been cut out. And that again, just like reinforces my imposter syndrome where it's like, oh my gosh, like maybe I was not good enough, not even as a fucking pretty cowgirl. (laughs) What hope do I have in this life to do anything? (laughs) When that happened I remember all of my friends were so excited they told me we're gonna have a premiere party for your little pretty cowgirl stunt on (laughs) on uh, splitting up together but I think they were the same friends who were also there for me you know and they were just like it's okay let's just open a bottle of Coppola we're fine but my first co-star was on Star Trek so I think it was all meant to be and we were worth it in the end but imposter syndrome does like come and go I think I think that if you're a creative imposter syndrome is like almost on a daily basis it's something that only time and experience can replace like after you've done it over and over and over and over again and I'm talking years then you have that sense of ease when you're working because you've you've done it so many times and you know what you're doing you know you know what you're doing you know who you are and then nobody can fucking just shake your foundation so quickly you know but it takes it takes a second man especially when creative work is so personal you know you have to somehow tap into yourself and get something good something real connect with the real emotion bring it out everybody criticize it it sucks you're like oh shit but uh i thought this was going somewhere i mean i feel like i'm good at what i do and then when my work gets questioned I need to ask myself, who is questioning my work? And maybe something is not working, but who is questioning that work though? Because like I said, creative work is very subjective. But it's also detachment. It's detachment knowing that the motive is different. It's not personal. I think our imposter syndrome makes us believe that everything that anybody's saying to us is personal. That, oh, they didn't like a choice I made as an actress because they think I suck. Maybe I suck. Oh my gosh, I suck. I should never be an actress. I should just be a fucking accountant. No, that's not what it is. That choice just needs to be altered because it doesn't fit the narrative. It's a comedy. You're going for drama, but why? Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Maybe it needs adjustment, right? It just like, needs it, an adjustment. It, it just needs the adjustment, but it depends on the feedback. Sometimes I do think people can be careful of the tone they come from because that tone can definitely affect your insecurities, but your triggers are your triggers. They're not someone else's responsibility. You're going into a professional environment. You better fucking know how to take care of your triggers because people will say whatever. So your imposter syndrome, you need to learn how to coexist with that shit and be like, okay, right now I'm going to put you away, Mario. That's the name of your yeah. imposter syndrome? Yeah, it's Mario. this is not personal. And now I need to think about a name for my imposter syndrome mine is Jafar 
<laughs> That's a strong poster syndrome right there. I don't even know. You see, I'm stereotyping right there. Hearing poster syndrome, I'm stereotyping him. Mine's just like a jumpy little Mario, you know? It's just like, are you good enough to buy groceries? Shut the fuck up. It's avocados. Like, why do I have so much indecision? Am I good enough to buy avocados? Like, I got this. But okay, okay. What is the opposite of imposter then? Do we have a good angel that we can Hell name? Yeah. Yeah. Get on it, woman. Like, yeah. what's your next move? Yeah. Because I think that sometimes the good angel can really suppress the imposter because I've definitely experienced those highs in my life where I'm like, I can do anything I put my mind to. But as the day goes along, right? Like, that happens yeah, to me yeah. five in the morning. I'm like, woohoo, ready to take on the world. And then, like, as the day goes along, Mario's like, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> so, my question is, how do you guys control your imposter? Jafar. I remember the good work I've already done and I remind myself to just keep going and I remind myself that every project I did manage to figure it out at the end and impress with the work. But it's tough, man, because it's constant and it's literally on an hour to hour basis that you're watching how you're talking to yourself during the creative process because you can start off with, oh my God, this idea is amazing. That's it. This is what we're going for. This is going to be streamlined as hell. And then literally like three hours in, you realize that you're still like before the beginning and you're like, oh God, okay, this is not working out as I planned. Then like your thinking starts to deteriorate. Like I'm such a fucking imposter. They're going to think I'm not experienced. I'm not going to be able to deliver. Literally four hours later, you're on the other extreme of the mental state. But you know, I also sometimes wonder, there are many people in the world that don't have an imposter syndrome who have, if anything, very inflated egos and are doing perfectly well in our entertainment industry because they don't think there's anything wrong with them. I don't think there is a human being without self-doubt that exists. Like, it's impossible. You think so? I feel yeah, like yeah. I see so many people that are just like, no, I made that mistake, but that was a deliberate mistake. And like, wow, I'm so great at making that mistake. Yeah, that's the presentation. Yeah, i But I've actually seen that. inside, they're going, to, okay. And even on the inside, let's say they are more confident than you or myself, let's say, but they do have these moments of like, for me, not to appear as an imposter what is my next move how am I going to make this work working in any creative field is very hard because you're really working with different personalities all the time and you better like be in therapy or something because like some people's personalities can really be very triggering and why are you bringing your personality into the workplace because if you're bringing your personality into the workplace then hey nice to meet you here's my personality into the workplace look what you brought but that cannot happen though right because you because have it's to trigger be the versus trigger. Yes. but why why do i need to be why? the bigger person I'm not your assistant. Opportunities for immigrants are very limited. We are conditioned to de-escalate and that's it. I'm sorry, like whether it's in a life situation, whether it's in a professional situation, at the end of the day, as long as the job is done and I'll do the best I can, but we have to learn to detach. Wherever they are coming from, it has nothing to do with me. They need to figure their shit out. When they see my work, they themselves will be like, okay, I need to calm the fuck down, you know? It's so exhausting. It's you easy know? to and say. It's sorry, easy to it say. It is very bro. easy to say. But it yeah, work is exhausting and it takes up 80% of your life. Yeah. And you have to be grateful at the same time. Ugh. So it's the exhaustion of gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a privilege. Sometimes I don't want to de-escalate stuff. I'm sorry. I want to live in the privilege of being an escalator, not a de-escalator. You know what I mean? Not an escalator, but also like being assertive, right? Communication presented in a very professional and assertive way can de-escalate a situation without being submissive. It can also get you in trouble. Every time I've stood my ground, I've been kind of like shunned away from projects. 
sometimes you can say it in a professional, in a very strong, assertive, respectful way, and you can still be shunned. That's happened to me a gazillion times. But at the same time, like, what are you going to do? We There are times also when you say it and it works. So rather not be submissive and say it and then see what happens, then never take the chance, in my humble opinion. <laughs> How are we balancing our anxiety and then the opportunities and then the imposter? Like, what is it that, you know, say, for example, in one line, if you had to say, this is how I'm dealing with it, what would it be? To keep doing it, to just keep going, keep going with what it is that you do. So, for example, if you're an actor, just keep working as an actor, keep auditioning, keep going for the next big move. Your imposter will grow smaller and smaller. You're going to kick ass at what you do eventually. The point is to just keep doing it. So mm. consistency. I love that. And you, Bobby? I'm burnout, man. I'm burnout. You know, it's good to try to be the best you can be, to control your imposter. Yeah, you have to keep doing the work. But sometimes you're burnout. That's okay too. That's okay yeah, too. Exactly, that's okay too. But while you're burnt out, you're still going. Maybe you slow down the pace, but you're still going, you're still hoping, you're still planning your next move. I think what you're saying, Manal, is so on money because I look up to Dwayne Johnson a lot for like his motivational speeches. And one of the things that he always says is that consistent effort is success. It's not the end product of your journey, but really just the actual journey in which like you coexisted with your imposter. You did whatever you could, even when you weren't feeling up to it, when you were burnt out. But you kept going and that consistency is your success and will always be that one thing that you can rely on when everything else is going haywire. Amen, sister. Namaste. T-I-T-T. 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 T-I-T-T.